Hey peeps, I hope you really enjoyed the last couple of weeks uh, with the interviews with JP and Sean. And uh, But we're back to our traditional format uh, this week and I'm going to be mainlining you all the fucking good stuff that you like. Now sometimes I think to myself, what do the walruses want to hear? What do they come here for? Because that's pretty uh, important to me. And when I look back, I look back on, on the first maybe 70 episodes or so and we did quite a bit of this sort of instructional stuff the straight down the line sort of here's how to do a business plan here's why CSR matters here's how to do a marketing strategy here's how to goal set here's how to structure your day here are my personal development my favourite personal development books all all that good stuff and it's all there in those episodes and I could repackage much of that and eke out maybe a, a few more episodes of it like Rob Moore does <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only joking Rob uh, Rob is absolutely brilliant and he has certainly inspired me but for me that resource in those first 70 episodes is there forever and I've done I've done that and I know many of you will have listened to those episodes many times because you certainly hit me up with your DMs and your PMs about it. But there's, but there's also, there's also an entertainer in me. There's an entertainer in me, I think, and that's a huge piece when it, when it comes to actually delivering a message. It's a huge piece around trying to inspire others, trying to make them feel good about themselves. Because when they make, when they feel good about themselves they can maybe actually get outside their comfort zones and achieve a little bit more. And I definitely, definitely try and bring out every emotion in you. I'm not just here to give you instruction. I try to bring out love. I try to bring out laughter. I try to bring out desire. I try to bring out empathy. And maybe even a little bit of fear when I'm giving you a bulligan. And perhaps some earache too when I'm singing. I know that's not an emotion, but you know what I mean. I'm a, I'm a little bit like... A sultana coated in chocolate. Some healthy stuff inside uh, delivered through a, a delicious uh, coating that might sort of put a few pounds on you. But it's it's a, the method of the delivery of the good stuff that we sultana inside that's all important. And I try to coat it with some emotion and love and desire and all the other good stuff. So you take on that little sultana inside. Now sometimes... I think there's an inside. There's an insider. No, sometimes I think there's an ent- entertainer inside me. Now, admittedly, probably a shite one, but it's in there all the same, and it's often trying to get <laughs> trying to get out. Now, I think I told you before that I used to be in a band, and our band was called the Forlorn Hope, which we later uh, shortened to the Hope. We probably should have just gone with No Hope. But anyway, I was a backing singer in the band. And we played gigs um, all over the place in pubs and clubs and things like that. And one particular place I can remember well was the Glen Inn. We had a packed house that night just outside Belfast. And the Glen Inn's actually still there 30 years later. It's probably suffering a bit from Corona at the minute. But I just, when I was a backing singer, I just couldn't get my timing right. And I kept coming in at the wrong point of the song. You might be surprised to hear that. And I kept missing the chorus. I can remember one of our songs went a wee bit. I think this was a cover version went a wee bit like, To be a weak and a desperate man. To be a weak and a desperate man. And that, w- that was my line. And you, you probably wonder why they dropped me from being the backing singer and end up becoming the manager. But anyhow... You know all about my singing, and as I've said, I ended up being the manager, 
because the back and uh, singing duties just didn't suit me, much to the annoyance of my mum, who thought that the rest of the band um, just couldn't handle the talent of her blue-eyed boy whenever I was taking off those duties. Now, not sure I've ever told you the one, have I ever told you the one about uh, Wendy James? There's a wee pop one, Wendy James of Transvision Famp. She had a wee liking for me, and there's a wee story in there from about 1990 in Cardiff, but I'll maybe save that one for a little time, for a, for a later time. I've titillated you a wee bit. My cousins and my Welsh cousins know all about that one. And if you're of my vintage, whether you're male or female, you'll be saying, I want the Wendy fucking James story right now! But you're going to have to wait for another time, Wendy James. <gasps> oh, Anyway, where the fuck am I going with this episode? You're probably all saying to yourself, well... During lockdown, I was listening, this is episode, I think it's episode 158 of the Speedmander podcast with me, your host, uh, Chief Wallers, Gavin Wall. And during lockdown, I listened to a bit of music, um, which is something I don't often get the chance to do. And to be honest with you, I actually found listening to music during lockdown quite enriching for the soul. Now, I listened to a local band called uh, Snow Patrol, who, whilst they're not totally new to me, I'd never really listened to them that much before. But they're absolutely brilliant. That must be one of the best exports from these shores that we've had for many a year. They're like a melodic rock with a sharp, acidic um, tone uh, and a, a dollop of sugar on top too Now check them out, they're really wonderful You probably all know about them anyway But then one day it happened And it's led to the creation of this post Because while I was listening to all this music I actually saw a clip on YouTube of John Newman Now, I'd heard his songs before But never really seen who he was or what he looked like but as soon as he swaggered onto the stage at Radio One's big festival recorded in 2014 in a white suit, trouser, drain piped um, from the ankle to the knee and then baggy at the top a bit like those sort of boy bags that you might have had back in the days in the 80s and then a, a fitted jacket with, with sleeves pulled up to the elbow almost a sort of a Crockett and Tubbs 1980s retro and a gold retro watch a stylish gold chain and his front flick of his hair was bleached um, and flicked over on top and almost quiff-like and with dark hair around the rest of them. And he was doing this little dancing shuffle. It was sort of like a, st- a stylish version of Ian Curtis before his untimely death as the lead singer of uh, Joy Division. And um, and that was me hooked on him. I saw him and he was fucking coming out, pounding his side. Fuck, I love this guy. This is one cool motherfucker. And I said to myself, that's what I look like on the inside. <laughs> I might have even looked a wee bit like that back in my day, but that's what I look like on the inside. That's how I see. <laughs> I thought to myself, I think this is when the germination, the idea, and you wonder where ideas for, for podcast episodes come from. They come from little fleeting moments, um, folks. And whenever you start putting out your own content, it just comes to you. It just comes to you. Anyway, and I thought to myself, that's how I see myself in a business sense. A little bit of a showman, ready to drop to his knees, as John Newman did in that song, and to squeeze some emotion out of a great song or out of a great opportunity. Then I, then I started looking at his band, and I started thinking to myself, they're the senior management team. And, and then I started looking at the crowd, and the crowd or his staff or his followers as he tries to pick out a tune. Then I started looking at the crowd and I started thinking... They're your employees, your followers. 
and he does his craft in a particular way. He does it his way. But then I thought, he's just one entertainer, one that I was certainly vibing with, certainly in my mind. In any event, then I started watching, then I started really getting into this, and I actually started watching other performers. And they came, this is a fascinating thing about pop music and rock music, they came in all shapes and sizes. They came in all nationalities and races. And they came from all backgrounds. But the one thing that they all had in common, well, firstly, that they're producers. You know, I talk about the producers and the consumers. They are producers. And you hear me banging on about that a lot. And as you know, I say production, not consumption, is the key to success. So this is a little bit like... I want this episode to be a wee, little, little bit like what's your spirit, spirit animal but for the rock world. Not, not who's your favourite, but who does it a little bit like you? Now, are you a Led Zeppelin type dedicated to your craft, almost like a coder creating a masterpiece? Or are you a, like a Madonna, a Madonna reinventing your offering from maybe conical breasts to a fogan? Or maybe you're a McHucknell, not the best looking thing, but with a voice. That sings like an angel. I actually really started getting into this. I was looking at every single band. I started getting obsessed with YouTube clips and songs of lots of different performers. I saw so many. And it reminded me that there's no single way to create and to be successful. Like every single one of them was doing it their own way. The really successful ones have their own style. They're never the copycats. They're never the me-toos. They have the courage to be themselves. And other people who follow them probably don't. The followers live their lives in a way, like sort of through the excitement, the prism of somebody else's courage to be themselves, someone else's courage to produce and to give themselves to others. Now, to get up on that stage and show your emotions. I mean, in the clip on YouTube, I'm talking about John Legend, as I said, just drops to his knees and he pours it all fucking out there. He's given us something. He's given us his energy, his emotion. He's fucking vulnerable. Now, I really need you to think about this. How often are you doing that? How often are you on a stage prepared to put in a performance where you might fail. Now, I'm not fucking talking about a plan for the X Factor. I'm talking metaphorically here. Let, let, me, let me give you a wee example. I have a really tough contractual thing going on at the minute on a multi-million pound deal. And I mean, it's maybe the most complex thing I've ever worked on and I'm way, way out of my comfort zone. Uh, it was due to complete uh, by the end of June and that's not now going to happen, Right? And the only way I'm getting an extension on the deal is if I give a fucking rock star performance, leave myself vulnerable, play a nice tune and convince the other side that I can deliver. So I immediately drop to my knees and leave myself vulnerable. There's no contract in place, but I offer a sizable chunk of money, which would be totally at risk if the deal doesn't happen. It's gone. And then I lay out my credentials, a place... I play my best tune, my chart topper, that I always, always do. And I say, I'm going to do. And I give my word that I will deliver in 30 days. Now, I'm not 100% sure if I can, but I'm clear that I think I can and I will give it everything I've got in the trunk to deliver. It was a, perform- it was a performance. 
Not a performance in that, like I was acting, uh, and there was a fiction to it. No, a performance in that I left everything I had on the fucking stage, that the other side believed I had enough of a backing band to bring in the audience, and that if the sound system broke down, I'd sing a fucking acapella tune. And you know, I like one or two of those. So, which of the great performers down the years are you? Who's your game face? Whose swagger do you bring to your life, your business, your opportunities? Maybe you got soul like a Marvin Gaye or a rock like a Jimi Hendrix. Or you can hold the breath of an audience at the purity of your tone like Adele. Or maybe a songstress with attitude like Katy Perry is your thing. Now they come, this is my point, they come in very different packages. Everyone is totally individual yet wholly successful. Think of Taylor Swift on the one hand and Chris Rea on the other. Because we're often led to believe, and this is a, this is part of what I'm trying to break down, and it sort of plays maybe quite well at the minute with some of the diversity stuff that, that's going on. We're often led to believe that in business you've got to be Gordon Gecko. That's Gordon Gecko. you may remember him from Wall Street. He was a caricature of a ruthless bastard that you had to be to be successful. The alpha male Crush your fucking rival. Money never sleeps. A scarcity mindset. Um, that there's only enough in this for me. And I gotta kill him or her to get my share. But nothing could be further from the truth. Just like the rock stars of this world, the successful entrepreneurs are coming in all shapes and sizes. Sarah Blakely, the billionaire creator of Spanx, um, the shipping underwear garment, or Oprah Winfrey, the media mogul, or how about closer to home and the Collison brothers from Tipperary who founded Stripe, two gawky-looking teenagers, now billionaires, from doing their own thing with payments when they were told that there wasn't a problem to be fixed in the payment space. Now, my message to take away from all of this is that just because you don't look or think like a Gordon Gecko, that you can't have the success. Treat your little piece of the world like your own stage. Your senior team, you might only have one person in your senior team as your band and the crowd like those who you're giving value to as you craft your tune and strut your stuff and do your business. Or maybe you're like Beethoven at the piano as you geek it up on your computer keyboard. You know, I'm going to sing in this episode. You knew that from the start. And a few ideas came to mind like Snow Patrol who have talked about um, who've ha- added a whole load of value to my lockdown, or John Newman, who sparked the idea for this episode, or maybe Paul Weller, who was a huge hero of mine uh, when I was growing up. But when it came down to picking someone who represented the five the most, they had to be, firstly, they had to be alcohol-free, and they had to have the aggressive rev of a powerful supercar in their younger days, but now more electric car with even more power but less of the emissions and to have smashed it on a worldwide scale. So I settled for, drum roll please, Brandon Flowers of the Killers. Brandon Flower of the Flowers of the Killers and I think this could be my best ever but I'll let you decide that. I got so bad. Not a soldier, 
I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Hey, yeah, you know you got me, help me out. Yeah, oh, you gotta put me on the back burner. Yeah, you gotta help me out. Yeah, you gotta put me on the back burner. Yeah, ah, yeah, oh, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Sing it with me. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Yeah, yeah, you gotta help me all out. Woo-hoo-hoo. You gotta help me all out. Yeah. So there you have it. Successful business people are like rock stars. They come in all shapes and sizes. They have a stage and a backing band and the music is very different depending on the genre or the which business sector they might be on. Uh, when you think of yourself in your mind's eye as more of a performer, I think it will help you elevate your production. Think about it this way. If you knew your output was going to be viewed by 100,000 people in Wembley or Crook Park or Nebworth, how much effort would you be putting into your craft? Treat every one of your customers or your stakeholders like they've bought an £80 ticket to your concert and you'll have massive fucking success. Now hit me up on social or leave me that review you've been promising me. Treat me like someone who's coming into your life and who's bought an £80 ticket for a seat by the stage. That's certainly how I treat you and I'm not even charging you for fuck's sake. Now I'll tell you someone who gets it and that someone is a called McCurney, M-C-C-E-R-N-Y, who left a five-star review and who titles the review Bloody Brilliant Wee Podcasts. I think tell that's a Northern Irish person anyway. Bloody Brilliant Wee Podcast. Now, and the review goes like this. I've just started listening to Gavin on his podcast and I think his honesty is refreshing. He speaks with passion and I love the fact that even though he knows there are people outside Northern Ireland that listen, he is not afraid to use our wee phrases and talks about our wee country in such a proud way. He makes me stop and think. He makes me look at myself. But most of all, he makes me smile and giggle. And my kids think I am away with the fairies. Keep her lit. And then a wee rocket. Now, that's someone who's treated me like I've bought an £80 ticket in their life today. And I hope I reciprocated with this episode. All that's left for me to say is whether you want to be the business equivalent of Elvis Presley or more of a Joe Dolce with his, ah, shut up of your face. What's the matter, you? Hey, got the no respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up of your face. Whichever you want to be, folks, it's your choice. I'm a man.